This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Please take your Bibles and let's turn to the Psalms tonight. Psalm 100. The song singing about peace coincides with the truth that God has for us to see tonight, though the the main theme we'll be talking about gratitude, the importance of gratitude in our praying. Again, my burden for Good News Baptist Church in this 50th year is that we truly be a praying church, a church where the atmosphere is prayer, where that permeates everything that we do, where it is, it's a reflection of our private time with the Lord and then spontaneous when we serve together, when we share our burdens with each other, that we, we spend that time uh, in prayer that's needed. God intends that our praying be accurate, though, doctrinally and energized by the guidance that he gives us in the scripture. I believe one of the reasons there is so little prayer in the church is because the church understands so little about prayer in the Bible. Now think about that. Uh, God gave us all this revelation, this truth to encourage our praying. Your flesh isn't going to be convinced. We're going to need the Holy Spirit using the word of God to convince us of how important prayer is. So we're currently studying the biblical protocols for prayer in order that our praying might be strengthened. Again, I'm using a resource uh, that is fairly recent, and I'll be quoting that author again a few times tonight. Uh, But it's been a great help to me as I've been studying that uh, and how it helps us to better understand the Scripture. So what are the proper and productive ways that we should approach the Lord? That's what a protocol is. What are the ways that will help us as we approach the Lord? Well, we've already considered three protocols. Let me remind us, first of all, there's the fatherhood protocol based on the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father which art in heaven. This protocol tells us to go to our Father, who is always there for us. We were reminded weeks ago that he knows us, accepts us, loves us, as he loves the Son. He is for us, and he is always available. Always available. Even as you read the Old Testament, there were times that Saints prayed, and it seemed like God was not getting right back to them. In fact, there's an incident in Daniel where that happens. He prays, and the, the answer is delayed. And we're shown in that text. It's, it's not because the Lord did not immediately respond, but as he was sending to Daniel the message through an angel, a demonic angel intercepted. There was, there was a battle that took place. 
And then that's all explained to Daniel later. But here's the point. The God who controls everything hears your prayer immediately and he's in control. So the fatherhood protocol, that's who we're going to. Our Abba, our Dad, who is Almighty God in heaven. And then there's the reverence protocol. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. As we go to the Father... That protocol calls on us to exalt, venerate, consecrate in our minds who our God is in heaven. He's in a place all his own. Again, traveling recently and being uh, in these ancient Roman cities and seeing all their gods and all their temples... Frankly, when you read about the, all of these Greek and Roman gods, it's almost comical who they were and who our God is. And, and again, the very fact that those aren't even gods. He's in a place all of his own. We're looking at that now on Sunday mornings in Job as as God asks Job these questions. Job, where were you when I did? Everything spoken to our God should be spoken then in reverence and be worthy of him. I would even add to this that when we pray in Jesus' name, we're, we're commanded to do that. It reminds us who we're going through to the Father, and He is worthy of our veneration as well. But if we're praying in Jesus' name, we need to pray that which is worthy of that name. Now, a significant part of reverencing the Lord is acknowledging He is holy alone in all of His attributes, especially His separateness from sin. Therefore, we approach him by practicing yet a third protocol, and that is the one we considered last time, the cleansing protocol. In other words, I need to approach God with consideration of whether I am clean before him. I've got to be right with him. To be clean, I must come clean, searching my life with a mirror the mirror of Scripture. So I need to make sure that, at least mentally, I'm taking a look into the mirror to make sure that there is nothing between my soul and the Savior. Now the next protocol we'll consider is understood within the reverence protocol. Okay, Our Father who art in heaven, it's deficient to try and exalt or venerate our God without praising him and thanking him for his many blessings to us. I look out tonight and I see a blessed people. We really have it good. Why? Because of who our God is. It's not because we live in this affluent country. The only reason this country is affluent is because of who our God is. So you're in Psalm 100. Look at verse 4 with me. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him 
and bless his name. Now the gates in this verse represent the doorway into God's presence by which we come before his throne. We enter in through Christ. But but honestly, folks, the reality is when I get on my face before God, I am going in front of a physical throne room. I can't see it, but through the eyes of faith. But there's a throne up there, and we're told all about it in the book of Revelation. I'm going in front of that throne where right now, untold thousands of saints and angels gather. And so when I, in faith, go to the Lord in prayer, it's real, and I am entering into the gateway into the throne of heaven. I don't dare enter into that throne room without bringing thanks, right? In fact, in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, the temple, you didn't ever go to the tabernacle, the temple, without a gift. You brought something to the Lord and it was your way of saying thank you. In this New Testament age, We come to the Lord, and on Sunday when we worship, when we gather with God's people, we ought to bring our tithes and offerings. That's part of our thanks. But as we gather together, what do we do? We praise and we give thanks. In fact, the scripture refers to our praise as offerings of thanksgiving. And so we approach through the gates with thanksgiving. Upon entrance, we express thankfulness unto him and we bless his name. And so let's talk about the gratitude protocol this evening. Here's how Harold Vaughn, again, the author of this this resource we're using, here's how he states it. We can take things for granted or we can take things with gratitude, but we can't take them both ways. I have it so good because of my God. Does my flesh want to take things for granted? Oh, yeah. His child takes things for granted just like your kids take things for granted. Does that ever bother you as a parent? We say, yeah, it's just part of the immaturity. That's the way, yeah. There's so much I took for granted when it came to what my parents did. But you know, when it comes to our Father in heaven, we don't take things for granted. We need to take things with gratitude. Lord, thank you. But it can't be both ways. Okay? It's one or the other. We're practicing one or the other. Uh, You're in the Psalms. Go to Psalm 68 and verse 19. Psalm 68, 19. It's what it says, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. The Selah means think on these things, meditate on these things. God daily loads me with benefits. So true. Now look at Psalm 103 in verse 2. If you want to turn over there, Psalm 103 verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It's easy to start counting our problems and forget to number our blessings. 
The first betrays an earthly focus. When all I'm looking at are my problems, that's an earthly focus. The second is a heavenly focus. Focusing on problems results in mental defeat and futility. Focusing on God's provision with a grateful heart results in faith. A grateful heart reveals spiritual maturity. An ungrateful heart reveals spiritual immaturity. Now let me illustrate it. Have you ever had one of these guys at your table? God bless me, I married a home ec ed major in the Bible college we went to. She had an English minor, which meant that she could help us all talk better English. But I tell you what, we continue to sit at a table where it is really, really good food. But I saw some of this from time to time. What is it? On the fork. What is it? Well, son, your mother decided to poison us tonight. <laughs> Eat it. It's good for you. All right. Some of them have commented now many years later, you know, we didn't like this, and we didn't like this, and we didn't like that. We like all that stuff now. Well, it's partly because we made you eat it, okay? Secondly, you're not going to want to hear this, but you grew up. And I think part of that is just a grateful heart. There are people all over the world that they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. But a child in this country can sit in front of a plate full of good food and... Uh, all right. But isn't that reflective of sometimes how we are as Christians... Just go home tonight, walk through your house and look around. We walk through our house and we look at how much of that stuff God just provided. Okay, I didn't have to keep writing checks. Uh, this blessing came and this blessing came and, and maybe we, uh, Renee found this deal on this particular piece of furniture and, and God's blessing. God's blessing. And so we need to focus on the blessing and give thanks. Gratitude is especially important in those times when we are overwhelmed, exhausted, perplexed, and baffled. This is why you ought to have in front of your mind's eye constantly Philippians 4 and verse 6, where Paul admonishes us to replace anxiety with what? thanksgiving. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Go ahead and let your requests be made known unto God. Try thanking Jesus. Mean it and see what happens. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. By the way, this will also help us form the habit of gratitude in Christ for all things as opposed to our tendency to only express gratitude when we feel thankful. 
get in the habit of giving thanks for all things. I've already quoted from Philippians, and those folks reading that letter, and especially when that letter was read publicly in that assembly in Philippi, uh, I smile internally because probably the Philippian jailer and his family were sitting there and heard that read. And he could stop the reading and stand up and give a testimony to those believers in that church that Paul practiced what he said. Paul and Silas have been beat bloody and they're in the prison and they're singing what they're giving thanks. And God helped that perspective, and that night God sent an earthquake, and, and we were reminded in every city we went to in the last, the last couple of weeks that earthquakes destroyed a lot of those cities. Earthquakes happened all the time. But this time, the God who controls all the earthquakes sent one at just the time when they were thanking God. God sent an earthquake, but it wasn't just an earthquake. A miracle happened in the earthquake that when the earthquake happened, everyone's shackles fell off and the door swung open. Go figure. And it's at that, all of those circumstances together, no, the prisoners, I think the prisoners in all those sh- uh, cells, their, their, their shackles fall off, the door swing open, and they're all, they're not running anywhere. What just happened? And in the ringing in all their ears, including the Philippian jailer, is the praise service they just heard from these two Christians that had gotten beaten during the day. And oh, how God used that. But those Philippians knew Paul, Paul practiced what he preached. When, when, when things were really bad, he's giving thanks to God. Again, I quote Harold Vaughn. We should thank God not only when things are good, but choose to thank Him because He is good. Especially when our circumstances are bad. So let me be real practical. Try this one on. The next time you are pumping gas. Thank God. God bless you. You're all processing right now. (laughs) Oh, it irritates me. But thank God. You're still pumping gas because God is providing regardless of what the sticker shock is. That's God. By the way, some of you are old enough to remember when there were gas shortages in this country. and, And here you are tonight. God's taking care of us. We've been studying the life of Job on Sunday mornings. One of the most telling things about his faith is that he was in the habit of giving thanks. Again, over time, with the physical things he was facing and with friends who were trying to convince him that he had sinned, his his heart turned. And God is is going to correct that. We've been studying that. 
But how do we know that his habit was to give thanks, that he had learned these lessons? It's when he faces the shockwaves of losing his children and all of his possessions. What comes out of his heart? What overflows? You know this, Job one twenty one. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Who does that? Somebody who's walking with God and is in the habit of giving him thanks. Now practically, the prayer protocol that we are looking at tonight of gratitude helps us understand we should never begin our prayers with a list of requests. Here's the only legitimate request that we should begin with, and that is, Lord, give me a grateful heart. When you begin your prayers, simply recall your present, your past, and your future. Presently, you're saved, justified, and accepted because you have been forgiven. Previously, you were lost, estranged from God, and hell-bound, and all that changed. Your future is Christ, or in Christ, is defined by Ephesians 1.6, where Paul reminds them that the Lord has graciously accepted them in the Beloved, which guarantees forgiveness, ongoing provision, and forever with the Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Therefore, I can also thank God for my problems and let God do his work through my problems. By the way, including any necessary chastening. Have you ever done something? Something happens and you just know the Holy Spirit is communicating to you, this is the chastening of God. Thank him. Who the Lord loves, he rebukes and chastens. Thank him. Now, I don't ever recall growing up getting disciplined by my dad and then coming back and saying, you know, thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> but that was a reminder of his love, and I can come back to my God and thank him. I can't. So let me share this caution and then we'll close. Understand I am not saying everything in life is good. There may be somebody listening tonight. Well, he's, what is this? He's saying everything is good. No, no. Sin and its effects are never good. But God is always good regardless of sin's direct or indirect effects. And so as we close, ask yourself, Do I take things for granted or do I take things with gratitude? What is your consistent response? If you take things for granted, the gratitude protocol is a needed spiritual exercise in your relationship with God. So form the habit of entering his gates with thanksgiving. And by the way, It'll affect your happiness. Remember in Philippians 4, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding will keep, guard your heart, mind in Christ Jesus. 
it will affect your happiness. Perhaps you know some unhappy Christians. Perhaps you are one. It's very clear from Scripture that our happiness in life is in direct proportion to our gratitude. So in everything give thanks, brethren, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you and me. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.